0: Welcome to the Post Smart Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there, I get it, and I've got you. Let's go build your post-nark life. Hello and good morning, my people. How are y'all doing? It has been a crazy month for me. I've kind of touched on this in uh, some of the episodes I've made recently, but y'all, I have been in a crazy fight-or-flight response. For literally a, about a month, which is something that doesn't happen to me very regularly because I've curated my life to be full of peace and to have healthy people around me. And so it was really unusual for me to be in that situation and you know have narcissism in my life and have kind of a big response and a big emotionally taxing and draining experience. And so don't worry, we will get into that in other episodes that will come out on the private podcast. But today, I want to talk about an interesting thought that occurred to me this morning as I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about what you might be going through. And one of the things that a lot of my clients deal with, among many things, is the fact that they have to live a pretend life. Living a pretend life is something that I'm very familiar with. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to pretend that everything's great and to be suffering on the inside. I know what it's like to go out in public with family members or people in my life and then behind closed doors. It's a totally different story. And so I want to validate that that could be something that you're dealing with right now and what it creates for you as you grow out of that situation and become an adult, say that you were, let's say you were raised in that situation and now that you're an adult or maybe you've left that situation, but you keep recreating the same situation over and over again, the pretend life is, is almost like a compulsion. It's almost like a, a thing you have to do in order to be able to function because in order to actually face it, to confront the reality of your situation is just too much. You wouldn't be able to function if you had to do that. And so the pretend life is about really trying to keep a delusion for yourself that isn't real, but that maybe you hope is real, that maybe over time you hope it could potentially become real, so you stick around and you stay but really it's not real. And the idea of confronting that or changing it or disrupting it might feel so terrifying and so unsafe. And I just want to validate that for you because it makes so much sense. When you're surviving a narcissist situation, they are also living a pretend life. And in their pretend life, There's no fear or at least no conscious fear of confronting reality because they don't need to. They get all of their emotional needs met. They manage themselves just fine with their delusion and they don't ever have to confront reality. They don't acknowledge any of the pain that they're in and they don't acknowledge any of the pain that they cause others. So they're living a great pretend life. (laughs) But you, on the other hand, you're living a miserable pretend life, a pretend life that you aren't able to sit there and totally cut off awareness of what's happening. And I want to say that that is a very good thing. That's actually amazing because you are not as far gone. You're not going to be on the level of the narcissist. That's not what you're doing. So congratulations. (laughs) That's so good. The only problem here is that you're probably in a lot of pain as a result, in a lot of emotional pain. And so let's look at what it would mean to confront the reality of your situation. I think I've talked about this particular client before. I think she's amazing one of my clients had a 25 year marriage and it was 25 years before she realized that she was married to an alcoholic and, and she got married thinking that they were both of the same faith. And in that particular faith, alcohol was not allowed at all, <laughs> no alcohol whatsoever. And to find out that she was married to someone who was an alcoholic, after 25 years is probably one of the most, gosh, one of the most traumatic things you could possibly go through. I mean, sure, there are plenty of worse traumatic things you could go through. But emotionally, this was devastating, devastating. Your whole marriage was a lie. Everything you thought you knew, all the ways in which you've been continually gaslighted, gaslit, <laughs> gaslighted, gas, gaslit, I think it's gaslit. Gaslit, you know, for several decades. It's completely jarring. I have other clients who, when they hire me, they want to work on the narcissist in their life. And they're like, okay, yeah, for sure, my husband's a narcissist. But they have no idea that they're also dealing with a narcissist mom and a narcissist dad and maybe a narcissist sibling and maybe a narcissist boss. And maybe the dynamic with their kids is a little bit narcissistic, but they're not really sure. And those things are just terrifying to confront. They don't even realize it's happening. And when I point it out, they're like, what? No. I mean, not my mom. My mom and I have a special relationship. We're so close. (laughs) I have heard that so many times. Listen, it's okay to have a close relationship with your mom. And you don't have to assume that your mom's a narcissist all the time. I'm, just, I'm not necessarily saying that. But there's. I was asked this question the other day by a good friend of mine. She was like, so when you deal with clients and they have a narcissist in their life or they have narcissist dynamics, narcissist dynamics in their life, do they always have a narcissist parent? And the thing that I told her was almost without fail, I will be working with a client and all of their narcissistic patterns in their life can a hundred percent be traced back to how they were raised. And so this isn't to be, let's blame your parents. Let's blame your mom. Let's find all the ways in which she's a narcissist or anything like that. But it's something that your brain does to protect you. The pretend life, the denial, the refusal to see reality, the, the refusal to see what's in front of your face to keep you safe from grief, from the pain, from the realization that things aren't what you thought they were. That's real. So let's talk a little bit about what it would mean to have to admit that there's a truth in your life that you might have been avoiding for a long time what would that mean? It would mean that you might have to make changes that feel really unsafe to you. If you were to admit, if you were to actually see the situation in front of you, see how toxic it was, and you've been in this situation for decades, and you had no idea what was going on because your brain literally protected you from it, like refused to let you see it. This is so terrifying because it will mean that the dynamic must change. You can't unknow something. The dynamic must change or you might have to start saying no. Or you might have to actually prepare yourself to leave that situation entirely. You might have to give up uh, your current life as you know it right now. You might have to face the unknown. It's... Terrifying to your brain to not know what's coming next. If you don't know how things are going to turn out, it doesn't feel safe to just start walking in the darkness and not know what's going to happen. Especially when you've been in narcissist dynamics for a long time. Your brain has been trained to be able to reasonably predict the people around you. Because if you can't predict them, then you can't predict the chaos and the abuse. So your brain is highly, highly attuned to the idea that being able to know the thing that's coming next is of the highest priority. So the unknown is like not an option for your brain. The unknown is like, nope, nope, we're not going to deal with that. I would rather be with something I know is painful and stay in a dynamic that actually hurts me than face the unknown. Because at least I can predict what this is going, what's going to happen, what this person's going to say or do. It'll hurt, and it's kind of sucks, but I know it's coming. They're very predictable. They don't change. They keep coming back around. The cycle continues. I know exactly what to expect, even though it hurts. But facing the unknown, mm-mm, absolutely not. I'm already dealing with all the craziness. I can't possibly predict something that isn't known, right? You might have to disrupt the current dynamic with this person in your life. This is very tricky because a dynamic, a narcissist dynamic, what that means is the narcissist person relies on you for their emotional needs. They blame you, they hurt you, they insult you, but they then they draw you back. They love bomb you. They provide for your emotional needs at least a little bit. They're predictable. They want certain things that you can provide, which makes you feel needed, makes you feel wanted. And it goes around and around in circles of, well, I have this emotional need, and they can provide that, so I'm going to stay. And then they have this emotional need, and they get it from me, and it hurts, and I don't love it, but at least I know what to expect. Disrupting that dynamic is also also a no-no for your brain, right? Your brain is like, this dynamic is predictable. This dynamic is what has been around for years, if not decades. No, it doesn't serve me, and I feel really stuck, and I feel like I'm going crazy, and I feel like, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but to disrupt it, to start rocking the boat, to change it, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? It's terrifying to confront this possibility. So I just want to acknowledge that. I want to validate that for you. I recently went through this, you know, with uh, people in my life that I care about. And the idea of disrupting, disrupting the dynamic that I had was not fun. But the tipping point came for me when I realized that there was so much more abuse happening than I was previously admitting to myself. And I realized that my brain is worth the curating of my environment that my mental health, that my future, that the results I'm creating in my life, I'm no longer willing to sacrifice those to not rock the boat, to not make the changes, to risk somebody else feeling terrible things, to risk somebody else thinking terrible things about me and then saying those terrible things to other people. I realize that I matter. My brain health matters. My future matters. My life matters. My experience of my life matters. It matters to me. It doesn't have to matter to anybody else, but it matters to me. And it doesn't mean that I go around and act like a narcissist and expect everybody to manage all of my emotions and make my brain and my happiness their priority. No, my happiness is nobody else's priority and that's great, but it's my priority from a place of self-love, from a place of self-care, from a place of self-responsibility, not from a place of emptiness, not from a place of lack, not from a place of insecurity. When I really saw that and I really felt it and I saw the tipping point, it really everything really changed for me. And it was actually very easy for me. Once, once I could really see what was happening, I could really confront the reality. I didn't want to look at it. I did not want to look at it. I wanted to pretend that everything was okay. I wanted to pretend that I wasn't being lied to. I wasn't being manipulated. I wasn't getting hurt. So that I could keep this relationship I had valued for so many years. But seeing how I was suffering, seeing how my brain needed so much more support than it was getting, was so eye-opening for me. It really changed everything. Seeing how toxic and how damaging even one interaction with that person was for me. (laughs) Really seeing it before in ways I had not allowed myself to see it was what created that tipping point for me. And it was actually very easy to follow through with whatever I had to do. Saying no, cutting off contact, not allowing any of it in my life anymore. It was actually very easy. Did it feel great? No. There's a lot of grief there, actually, a lot of loss. But actually following through with it, feeling that fear, there was not really a whole lot of fear anymore. There wasn't anger either. There wasn't bitterness. I was talking with a client recently, and she's kind of going through a similar thing right now reevaluating a relationship in her life that may or may not be serving her and one of the things she said to me was you know i was i'm surprised I i thought that i would hate that person i thought that my hatred and my bitterness would make it easy for me to to decide about this situation and it's just not true hatred and bitterness doesn't need to be the fuel in fact it isn't the fuel Hatred and bitterness only actually hurts you. It's a it's a burden that you carry. It's an emotional it's an emotion that you feel in your body that you don't allow to process because it is tied to someone else's responsibility. Like you hate them, you're bitter at them, you blame them, and you can't release this hatred and bitterness from yourself unless they change, unless they ask for forgiveness right? So it's, it's, it's holding you. It's a holding pattern to hate someone and, and have, and be bitter for them. But what she was expecting was that was going to be the fuel. It was going to make it easy for me to leave, to cut off contact or whatever she's trying to do. She thought it would be easy because of the hatred and the pain, but it's just like, no, no. When you, when, when you are truly ready to leave and, end that relationship because of the high toxicity of that relationship and its effect on you and your life and your future and your family. It act the, the fuel for that that makes it the easiest isn't ac- isn't actually hatred and bitterness. It's actually a sense of calm. it's a sense of certainty. it's a sense of groundedness. it's a very it's a very simple feeling. It's so simple and there's no fear in the way. There's no anger in the way. It's just, yep, this is it. This, this is it. We're done. There's no hemming and hawing. There's no confusion. It really is a grounded feeling. Now, did I experience anger? Absolutely. Of course I did. Did I experience sadness? Did I experience feelings of betrayal? Did I experience sort of an awakening of what I thought this relationship was never actually was what it was. Absolutely. All of those things happened. Okay. But when it came right down to it, and then of course you have to like stick to that decision, right? You make that decision and then you stick with it and you follow through. But as that continued to happen, that groundedness, that certainty was pretty constant. I had other emotions, but ultimately about this particular decision, there was no hemming and hawing. There was no, well, I should just reach out again. There was no, well, maybe if I say I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe if I admit I was wrong. None of that. Mm-mm. It was 100% clear to me. It was not easy in the sense that I never felt loss. I'm still going through that loss for sure. But it was easy in the sense that it was 100% crystal clear. When I really confronted it, when I really saw it for what it was. Sometimes our brains don't want to do that. And so that's my invitation to you. If you are scared to confront a reality in your life, I've had many, many clients who have done this work and it's not easy or fun, but it is so empowering. So let's talk about what's on the other side of this. When you confront reality, when you uh, let your brain see the truths that it's been trying to avoid, and then you feel that groundedness, that certainty, on the other side of that, you find Mm. a bravery you never knew you had. You find a sense of self-worth that you never saw before. Because that's the thing with surviving narcissists, your self-worth is out the window. <laughs> your self-worth is bye bye <laughs> because you self-abandon to make sure that they're okay. right? So someone who is constantly self-abandoning is never building up their belief in their own self-worth. Those two things are not happening. But on the other side of this work, is you actually seeing your self-worth and acting on it. What would that be like to actually see your self-worth and take actions from that place? What would that be like? You are a brave person. You are. Believe me. Listen to these words. You are so brave. You are worth this work. You are worth the truth. You are worth whatever it takes to create what it is that you want. You are worth that. Did you know that? This difficult relationship you have in your life, or maybe a multitude of difficult relationships, this is your opportunity for growth. This is your opportunity to learn things you were never allowed to learn before. This is your opportunity to create a freedom that you've never felt before. I've had clients who we've gone all the way from staying married to their narcissist, to the process of emotional separation, to the process of physical and legal separation to the to getting a new place, to finalizing the divorce. I have a client whose divorce was officially finalized recently. And it, listen, I I'm not here to be like divorce is just the best thing everyone ever ever and everyone should get divorced. I'm not saying that. I believe in marriage. I a hundred percent believe in marriage. Marriage is the bedrock of our society. But so many women are suffering under marriages that are full of the narcissist dynamic that I've seen over and over again. And it doesn't mean that you have to get divorced, but you have to ask yourself, what is it that you want? What kind of life do you want? What's worth it to you? I think it is possible to live whatever life you want. And if that means you stay in your partnership and there's a lot of unhealthy emotional dynamics and some emotional abuse there, but you value staying and you wanna do the work to stay, by all means, do what you gotta do, it's your life. But if you don't want that, but you're too afraid to move forward, then we've we've got some work to do, this is your invitation. This is your invitation to do the work, to confront the truth and to confront the fear, to take advantage of this opportunity. I have another client who just barely left her narcissist marriage. I was so proud of her. She's so brave and she just did it. She made it happen. She's creating financial independence for herself too. And when we first started working together, that was an impossibility. She was just like, there's no way. There's no way I could ever provide for myself financially. You're right. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 16 years, 20 years. There's no way that's available to me. I'll always be dependent on my husband. And look at her now. (laughs) She's amazing. She's so brave. I'm I'm just so in awe of my clients. Like, these women and men, I've had several male clients, are... The bravest humans on the planet, in my opinion. (laughs) They go to battle every day. They have to confront massive fears that have been instilled into their bodies and their brains for decades. They believe in themselves. They hold on to a glimmer of hope. They hold on so fiercely. And they keep showing up every week. What else do I need to work on? How can I get myself out of emotional pain? What's the next step? How do I love myself more? Where's the missing piece for me? And we work on those things every single week. And they are so incredible. And they come back and they're like, I did this thing that we worked on. I did it. And I'm like, Yes, of course you did. Because you are a warrior, you are an amazing soul that is triumphant, that is meant for amazing things. That's you, my friend, yes. Freedom, peace is on the other side. My one client who, uh, her her divorce is officially finalized. She just tells me all the time, she's just like, the peace I feel is just constant, it's all the time. I go to sleep and it's peaceful, I wake up and it's peaceful. I I eat my breakfast and it's peaceful. I go to work and it's peaceful. I come home and it's peaceful. (laughs) It's just, it's so unfathomable. It's like, I didn't know I could have this. Yes, yes, you can. Yes. And it starts with your bravery to confront the truth. What is the truth that you're not seeing right now? Because on the other side of that, freedom and peace inner strength that you didn't know you had, right? Access to an amazing brain of yours that under out from under all of the weight of the narcissist dynamic, the pain, the fear, the fight or flight responses, there's so much creativity in there. There's so much power and capability in there to be able to do what it is that you wanna do. And to unleash that is an amazing thing to see. It's absolutely amazing. It's the privilege of my life to be able to witness this up close. Okay, so this is an episode about really seeing the pretend life that you might be living. Maybe you're not, I don't know. But I know that for me, that was very true. And for all of my clients, it was true for them too. So my challenge to you today, my invitation to you today is that you imagine just for a minute, what might it be like to feel the bravery coursing through your veins, to actually look at the truth, to confront it, and what looking at that truth might mean, what changes that might mean in your life, and being able to see those and face them. Knowing that on the other side of all of that is going to be the freedom and the peace, the creativity, the power that is just waiting for you. It's yours, it belongs to you and only you. It's just waiting for you. So, I want to talk about what that looks like. If you want to get the support to do this, this is what I do. This is what I do every single day. I work with clients one-on-one, we get this done. I always offer free calls. If you need to talk and just tell me your situation, get on a a call. Let's just have a call. If you want to talk about working together, that could be on the call too. But it's my mission and my goal to help my people. So during this time of stress and fight or flight response. I, my brain, you know, runs the gamut. It just goes all over the place and has all these thoughts. And one of the thoughts that occurred to me this month was I should just quit. This is not what I want to do anymore. You know, I should, I should be, I should be doing something different, et cetera. All the negative thoughts. (laughs) And honestly, I, I gave myself a chance to really consider it. I was like, all right, all right, Let's, let's hear it out. Maybe I should quit. Maybe, maybe I don't want to work with people dealing with narcissists. Maybe that isn't my path in life. I don't know. Let's look at it. And I really thought about it and I gave myself some space to consider what else I might do, what other niche market or help I might give to the world. But then I thought, but these are my people. These are my people. these are my people. I can't not work with them. I can't work with anyone else. (laughs) There's no way I could, I could work with anyone else. So anyway, that was my self-coaching session for myself. (laughs) Sometimes your brain just has to throw a tantrum. Sometimes your brain just has to be like, no, I'm not doing this. And you can calmly and gently be like, okay, you don't have to do it what do you want to do? And then the truth can, can surface. You'd be like, okay, this is true. I'm going to stay with my people. There's no one else I'd rather help. My I know my people, y'all are me. I am my people. You are me. I am you. (laughs) And there's no way that I could just be like, nope, not anymore. It was what I was put on this earth to do. So if you are ready, let's go. Let's take this to the next level. Let's work together. Let's get you to that other side. I can help you confront reality. I can hold your hand through the entire process. So go to the show notes. Book a call with me. Join us for our weekly calls in the membership. We will take care of you. You've got this. Your future is worth it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I will see you on the calls. Bye.